life is full of choices, some of which make no difference at all. Let's see, paper or plastic, Target or Walmart, McDonald's or Burger King, khakis or jeans, Wawa or Shell or Mobile or Speedway. You know, lots of those decisions don't make any difference at all, but some decisions actually do matter. Like, shall I do my homework or not? Shall I go to work on time or not? Or what am I going to do for a living? Or whom should I date or marry? Some choices matter a lot. And Moses offered us a choice like that this morning when he says to the children of Israel, see, I set before you today life and health or death and destruction. Love the Lord your God and keep his commandments and you will live and be healthy. Really? Life and health, death and destruction? That sounds a little overly dramatic, don't you think? But you know, that choice really makes a difference. Saying yes or no to God really matters. It matters a lot. And those choices matter and the consequences are real. Now, the good news is that none of us has only one chance to say yes to God. God gives us lots of chances every day to say yes to Him, to do the right thing, And even if we tell him no over and over and repeatedly, over and over again, he still comes to us and offers us the chance to do the right thing and to say yes to Jesus. More good news is that we get lots of help to be able to say yes to Jesus. That often before we even know it, that people around us and things around us and groups around us help us to say yes to Jesus. And we don't even realize we're doing that. Now, from the time, the earliest time I could remember until I was about eight years old, my family went to church every Sunday at a Methodist church. We went to church, we went to Sunday school, we were there every week. Now, this is before children's church was invented. So, wiggly, squiggly, giggly, squirmy, busy boy Tom was there as a little boy in church for that hour and then in Sunday school for an hour. And I have to confess that I don't remember anything any of the preachers or any of the Sunday school teachers ever told me about God. But I do remember that I liked going there. And I liked going there because people liked me, or at least they put up with me, (laughs) which is good enough. But I had the sense, and, and I never could have articulated this as a little child, but I had the sense because, because people welcomed me and because people liked me and because people put up with me, because people loved me, that God must like me and welcome me and want me in his family and love me. I had that sense. I am not one of those people that had some church person sometime in their life growl at them or shush them up or tell them to sit down or quit running in church. Now, my parents told me that, but they're just my parents and who cares? But I'm not one of those people that have been abused or mistreated by some church person such that when I got old enough to squawk about it, said, I'm never going back there. I know some of you have had that experience. And on behalf of that clergy person or that church person, whoever it was that mistreated you, I apologize because that's not what God wanted. 
And I hope that never happens here. But that was not my experience. My experience was people love me, so God must love me. He's been with me always, even to the end of the age. And I have experienced life and health because without even knowing it, because of the people around me, I said yes to Jesus. Every one of us has the chance to change the world with Jesus one child at a time by how we respond or react or relate to the children among us. If, when you hear a baby cry, or a child wiggle, or an acolyte giggle, and you scowl, or glare at them, or cross your arms, or roll your eyes, or shake your head and say, if that was my kid, that would never happen, then it will not take long for our children to get the clear message that they are not welcome, that they're not accepted, that they're not liked, and by extension, they're not loved. If, on the other hand, when a child, when a baby cries or a child wiggles or an acolyte giggles and you say, no, that sounds like life. That sounds like life. And you smile or you wink at the kid or at least you just ignore them. And that may be all you can do. And that's okay. If you could just ignore them, then our children will get the message and get permission that it's okay to be a kid. It's okay to be a kid. And they are welcome and they are liked and they are accepted, and they're loved by you, which will help them understand and by extension realize that they are loved and accepted and welcomed by God himself, which will make it easier for them to say yes to Jesus as they get older. And if you will, if you will greet the children that you meet, learn their name, hug them at the peace, and grow a friendship as they grow up, then you will help them when they become when they start facing choices that actually do involve life and health or death and destruction that they will be more likely to say yes to Jesus now when i was about 8 years old my dad pulled us out of church because the methodists were doing some stuff that he disagreed with and because he got elected to their version of the vestry and he discovered that in that parish, there were some politics, and he was disgusted with that. So he pulled us out of church, and we didn't go to church for about five years until I was in eighth grade when my mother went to a home group. She met Jesus personally, got really excited about God, and she went back to the Methodist church, and she carried me and my sister. My dad did not go. He still does not go to church. But my sister and I, so now we not only go to church every Sunday and we go to Sunday school every Sunday, now we go to youth group. But my experience, again, was that people accepted me and that people liked me. And I found my first girlfriend at youth group, which was quite the draw. If you have children or grandchildren, I urge you to bring them to church with you. Bring them to Shine Kids Club at 4.30 on Sunday afternoons if they're elementary age. Bring them to Activate if they're in middle school or high school. Bring them, with, even if they think they don't want to go. Even if you say, I don't want to have to make another trip back to church. Please, bring them. Because if they don't want to go to school, you still make them to go to school, don't you? And their 
their spiritual formation is at least as important as their academic education. Please bring your kids. Because if you get them here, they're going to find a group of friends of peers and adults who will reinforce those character traits that you are trying to instill in your children. And you will find friends and people here who will partner with you to help your children say yes to God so that when they get older and are facing those decisions that involve life and health or death and destruction, they're more likely to choose life and health, the life and health that you and God want them to have. Now, soon after I I got back to church, I'm in eighth grade, and there was a kid that got a Boy Scout award called God and Country. Well, I was a Boy Scout, I liked awards, so I went to ask my preacher, what's the deal? And he said, well, it's a year-long commitment, and you commit to read your Bible every day and write a prayer every week, and you're going to learn some, you're going to have to memorize some Bible verses and plug in somehow and do some chores around church and then check in with the pastor every week to tell him how it's going. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I signed up. And I remember thinking, you know, if I'm going to read my Bible every day for a year, I can knock this whole thing out. And at age 14, I had read the entire Bible and prayed and plugged in and found life and health because suddenly I was no longer just a spectator in church on Sunday. The Methodists don't have acolytes. They didn't have any way for kids to plug in. But I found that as I plugged in, I found life and health. The most important and impactful and and life-changing thing you can do to change your own life with Jesus is to read your Bible and to pray daily and to find some way to plug into your parish family and, and do something, to be a participant and no longer just a spectator. Now, conveniently enough, out in the hallway today is the ministry fair. And there's displays there about all the different ways that you can plug in either inside the parish or to serve out in the community. And either way, please visit that. Give the Holy Spirit the chance to pique your interest, to inspire you, to say, I could do that. That sounds like fun. To give that a try and to become a participant instead of merely a spectator. And as you do, you will find the life and the health that God promises. Well, the summer after my eighth grade year, I'm still doing my God and country thing, and I find out that the Methodist church offers this summer youth camp. And so I decide to go. I had no idea what they did at kid camp, never been to one before, but my girlfriend was going. And when you're in eighth grade, you don't get many opportunities to spend a week with your girlfriend without your parents around, so I jumped on it. And it was a kid camp. I mean, we ate a lot of hot dogs. We drank a lot of Kool-Aid. We slept in saggy bunk beds. We made a bunch of stupid little arts and crafts things. But it was a church camp. So every day, right before lunch, they would have some old Methodist preacher, some old guy, okay, who would show up and do a talk. Now, once again, I don't remember any of their names, what they looked like, or anything any of them said. Can you notice a pattern here? Okay. except for Wednesday morning, and the guy ended his talk by saying, Jesus is more than just a guy who lived back in history. He's still alive. And if you ask him to, he will come into your life, and he will make you new from the inside out. And if you'll come down here to the front, I will pray for you, and God will touch you, and you will be a new creation. <laughs> 
And I had never heard that before. And I thought, that sounds cool. I could do that. Now, up until this point, I'd been saying yes to Jesus because I'd just sort of been carried along by my parents and by my church and by my youth group. But for the first time in my life, I made a conscious, deliberate decision to say yes to Jesus. And I got up and I went down the front. There's 200 kids at this kid camp, and I'm the only one who went down. And I naively thought, oh, I guess everybody else already did this. But I got down there to the front and he prayed for me. And what happened was exactly what John Wesley, who was the Anglican priest who invented Methodism, when he met Jesus, he said, my heart was strangely warmed. And that was my experience. And I knew that God had touched me somehow and somehow I was different. And that night I'm lying in my saggy bunk and I'm thinking, I have just made the biggest mistake of my whole entire life. Because now, if I'm a Christian, I will never be able to do anything fun ever again. Because, of course, if it's fun or tasty, it must be sin or fattening. I was wrong. That was the devil whispering in my ear, and the devil is a liar. And what I discovered, instead of that life was no fun anymore, was for the next several years of high school that the more I said yes to Jesus, the more life and health I found. And God got me through my parents' divorce. And when life was hard, I found out that God is good. Now, next week, I'm going to tell you the rest of this story because as a senior in high school, I started saying no to Jesus. And I did that for several years. And I walked pretty far away from Him. But spoiler alert, in my early 20s, I came back. Okay? And for the last 40 years, I've been trying my best, trying my best to say yes to Jesus, whatever he asks, whatever he says. And I have found life and peace because of that. Now, what about you? Have you ever said yes to Jesus? If you have not ever done that, never made that conscious decision to say yes to Jesus today, right now would be the perfect time to do that. And all it takes is for you to pray, yes, Jesus, you died for me. I'll live for you. And God has his arms open and would be, wants you in his family. And you will discover that life and health that he promises. Now, you may have done the same thing that I did, and sometime, long time ago, you said yes to Jesus, but you walked away from Him, maybe far away from Him, maybe for a long, long time. But that really doesn't matter because God has His arms open widely and says, I want you back in my family. And if you say yes to me today, all of those no's are washed away. That you can say again, yes, Jesus, you died for me. I'll live for you. Well, if you're going through a rough patch right now, it may be not because you've been saying no to Jesus, but you've been trying to work all this stuff out yourself, and you're thinking, I can do this, but you're bumping into some death and some destruction, and it's not working for you. God invites you, says, come back. Give me another try. Say, yes, Jesus, you died for me. I'll live for you. And let that life and health kick back in again. And if it is your habit to say yes to Jesus, please pray for those who don't, who haven't, 
who aren't, that they might understand and come to experience the life and the health that you enjoy right now. Moses put it like this at the end of his talk. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and your health. Now I'm not going to ask you to If you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm not going to ask you to come down here to the front because we're all going to do that in just a few minutes for communion. But if you have never said yes to Jesus and would like to, or if you've said yes to him but walked away and would like to say it again, then I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are. Now, if you're thinking, I feel a little strange doing this in front of everybody, if you close your eyes, no one can see you. So if you have never said yes to Jesus and would like to, if you've said yes to him but walked away, if you would like to say yes again to Jesus, I invite you to stand right where you are right now. And don't do it because somebody else around you does. This is between just you and God. And if you are the only person who does that, it's okay because you are worth it. And pray with me. Yes, Jesus, you died for me. I will live for you. And keeping your eyes closed, let the Holy Spirit touch you and strangely warm your heart. Let the Lord accept you, welcome you, forgive you, cleanse you, heal you, welcome you. Let him love you.